Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's in Smithtown, back again this week to give you guys a little bit more food for thought, a little bit more of a bit of mindset, and like we always are, trying to help us train our mind a little bit to uh, help us do everything that we do that much better. So what I want to talk about this week, I do want to touch on another subject towards the end of the episode, but I'll get there when I get there. Um, the main thing I want to focus on this week is on a mindset that was brought to me by one of my younger students. And when I say younger, I mean this young lady started in my school when she was four years old. She's been training a very, very long time. Little Sarah, I've spoken about before. Uh, we do a charity event in the school typically during uh, normal times, uh, and she runs it. So awesome little lady. And th this is an idea that she brought out. I was trying to find the exact copy of the poem that she wrote all about this idea. But the premise that little Sarah came up with that I think was so wonderful and that I think is something that we as human beings don't do enough of is working our weaknesses as well as our strengths. Right? That's something that as human beings we tend to avoid and we tend to avoid a lot. Think about it this way. Think about it in its most basic sense. When we are, when you were a kid, and we're all kids, the homework that you always did first was the homework and subject that you were best at. You always did the stuff that was the easiest for you. So that way you had the easiest time uh, getting it done. You did the fun stuff first. It's what we would all love to do. It's also, if you think about that kid mindset, it's also kind of how kids operate. Think about it. Kids would love to eat dessert first in every aspect of life, right? They don't want to do their homework before playing their video games. They want to play the video games and then maybe do their homework, right? They want to eat the chocolate cake before they have their vegetables. And they have to be reminded that they have to do the have-to stuff before they get to do the get-to stuff. That's how life works. But what happens is, quite often, when it comes to things that we don't want to do, things that we don't feel we're as good as, or as good at, I should say, we find a way to push those things by the wayside. We find the way, a way to not have to work on. The simplest example to me, as I'm sitting here and thinking about it, and I was preparing this episode, is when you look at someone who struggles nutritionally. To me, it's a really easy idea to wrap our brain around. right? When I think about weaknesses and strengths, to me, this is one that's glaring, especially this time of year, especially here in January. I'm thinking of a couple of people. I have one in particular in mind. And of course, I'm not going to call them out and throw their name out there. It wouldn't be nice of me. But there's definitely a couple people specific, you know, one more than any other that I'm thinking of when it came to struggles with nutrition. And this was a person who she, for her whole life, struggled with her weight and she was never truly happy with her physicality or being in the kind of shape that she wanted to be. Um, and what it always boiled down to was discomfort. 
Anything that was uncomfortable for her, she avoided. Right? When it came to push-ups, you know, she was a very strong person, or is a very strong person. But she never thought she she could do push-ups. She knew it was going to make her arms and shoulders sore. She knew she was going to hurt if she tried to challenge herself and do those push-ups on her feet. So she would maybe struggle to do half a one. And then rather than trying to do another half a one, immediately she dropped to her knees and just go to those. But if she had just continued to push herself on her feet, yeah, she would have been tired and sore for you know the next couple of days. But then after that, she would have been able to do more push-ups. It would have been this wonderful, miraculous thing that by doing that thing that was uncomfortable, she would have gotten better at it. And rather than struggling and thinking of it as a weakness for forever, magically, that weakness would become a strength. And when I think of the same person, nutrition was always a big struggle for them. Like I said, this person struggles with their weight or struggled with their weight. And... The thing that I always found when it came to them nutritionally is I would try to help them and counsel them with nutrition is, again, they would always try to find an easy way out. They didn't want to have to deal with the fact that they had to go without, that they had to not give in to their sweet tooth and you know have their, their sweet things. They would try to find acceptable sweet things. Instead of just having a little bit of self-discipline for a little while to get over the hump, instead of constantly finding a way to cheat the system. It was that, that thing that little kids want to do where they want to have ice cream for breakfast, which obviously we know isn't the greatest idea. And, you know, finding that, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to find this amazing, uh, you know, dessert that isn't that bad. Well, isn't that bad is exactly the same as bad. It's like, uh, you know, whenever someone says to you, oh, this isn't that bad, read through the lines. It's bad. It's like when someone says, I didn't actually lie to you. They lied to you. <laughs> it's just get, get used to those, those little semantics and see right through them. But we do this in life with so many things. When there are things that aren't as pleasant for us, We'll find ways to avoid them, right? We're all guilty of it. There's that one ominous task in front of us that maybe it's not difficult. Maybe it's just labor intensive and boring. And you know, there's not like immediate results coming from it. So as a result, what happens is that project gets pushed out and gets pushed out and gets pushed out and gets pushed out for forever. I'll give you guys an example. When we were... Uh, when we were opening the school back up, I had to get on the phone with a bunch of utility companies and get everything all squared away and make sure the utilities were turned back on. And there's one specific utility company out here that is notorious for their hold times, where you call and you're going to be on hold for forever. And I knew that once I called them, it was going to be a several hour affair just trying to get somebody on the phone. So I called all the other utility companies and I kept kicking this one down the road. Right? And I kept kicking them down the road and kicking them down the road and kicking them down the road. Why? Because it was unpleasant. Because it was something that I knew was going to be drudgery. I knew it was going to be trying on me. 
Now really, what, what was the difficulty going to be? I was going to have to listen to the whole music for all that time? I could just put my phone on speakerphone and do a million other things, which is exactly what I wound up doing. But instead, I kicked that can down the road for days, simply because it was uncomfortable. It's the same thing we do as kids. If you're a kid who loves to read, like, um, it's funny, as I'm sitting here, one of the bookshelves in my house filled with my wife's, my wife's books uh, is right in front of me. She's an avid reader and she loves to read. So as a kid, I know she did lots of reading. And if you're that type of kid who was really good at reading, you went out of your way to do extra help, to do extra practice of reading. You had series of books that you read all on your own. I was the same way. But those same kids, if there was something that they struggled with, whether it be spelling or math or something like that, those same kids didn't put that same level of work into those other things. It's the same when we're adults. When there's something that we know is going to make us uncomfortable, when there's something that we know is going to put us outside of our comfort zone, we avoid it. We avoid the things that we are the weakest at. It's like, um, again, I'll stay fitness related. There's a joke in the uh, the gym world about, you know, skipping leg day. Why? Because leg day is hard and it's uncomfortable and most people aren't really good at it. So they avoid it. And as a result, you get the stereotypical gym bro who's got big arms and a big chest, but tiny little legs. So he's built like Mr. Incredible from the movie The Incredibles. Uh, little toothpicks carrying around his big old dude. Well, why? Because again, it's a weakness. And rather than try to fix the weakness, people focus on their strengths. Let's think about this. I, I've mentioned school-aged kids quite a few times as I'm touching on this subject because it's pretty easy to grasp. Right? If a kid is really good at math but really bad at spelling, they'll always tend to do more math than they will spelling. They'll tend to put more practice into the math than they will spelling. But now, let's, let's imagine this, for example. We all understand the idea about how a grade point average works, or how your cumulative average works. So let's imagine that you had A's all across the board. Right? Now, when it comes to that one subject that you're not good at, let's... Let's just pick a subject at random. Let's say it's social studies that you're really bad at. And you've got a D in social studies. If you want to fix your cumulative average, if you want to raise it, the thing to do is not focus on the classes that you're already good at. The thing to do is to focus on the things you're not good at. If you focus on that social studies class, if you focus on that lowest grade, what's going to happen is, magically, the gap is going to close. You put some more work into that social studies class and you go from having a grade that is a D to maybe a C to maybe even a B. Maybe even eventually it becomes an A. How did it get there? Well, it got there simply over the course of time by you putting the work in. And each time you got that grade a little bit better, you also got your, your cumulative average a little bit better as well. But think about this now in more, in, in more adult terms. When there's something in, in, in your life that is uncomfortable for you, that you know is going to be hard work or is a weakness of yours or whatever, you avoid it. Of course you avoid it. 
Just like we avoid that person who we know when we get them on the phone, it's gonna be it's gonna be a negative pain in the neck phone call. You're like, forget this, not calling that person. You'll kick that down the road for as long as you can. And it's exactly the same when it comes to to, to our adult lives. If there's a part of your job that you don't love to do, that you think of as like the lowest point or the weakest point, it gets kicked down the road. Of course it gets kicked down the road. It keeps getting kicked down the road. Right? You push it to the you, you push it out for as long as you possibly can get away with. It's human nature to avoid our weaknesses, to avoid that which is uncomfortable. But why? Because we want to be comfortable. And discomfort is where growth happens. So by its very nature, comfort is where growth is killed. It's where growth is snuffed out. Only by being uncomfortable, only by working on our weaknesses as well as our strengths, will we truly grow. So let's run this right into a martial arts example now. Let's say you're a right-handed person, which I'm sure about 70% of you are. You would love to do things with your right-hand side. You would want to kick with your right hand, right leg, I should say. You would want to punch with your right hand. You want to do all those things. The thing that doesn't feel as good is to work with your left side, to throw your left punches, to throw your left kicks. That's something that most people would choose to avoid if they had the option. But that's the beautiful thing about the disciplined environment of martial arts. You don't get to pick and choose what you work on. You don't get to say, well, I am a righty, so I choose not to do my left. You don't get that option. Instead, you work on both sides. You work on the curriculum of the class. That way, you get forced to work all your different skills. And that skill that maybe you think of as a weakness, maybe you'll be putting in that magic number of repetitions that is necessary to take that weakness and make it into a strength. And even if it doesn't become a strength, at least you'll close the gap. At least it will get better and better and better. And that's the beautiful thing. right? You see the fastest growth when you work on the things that you're not already good at. Again, if you continue to work on the things you're or only already good at, I should say, what happens is you don't see a ton of growth really, really quickly. It's when you work on those other things, those lower skill sets, those weaker skill sets, that you instead manage to make quick growth and get yourself better the fastest. That's where you'll most quickly see gains. I mean, think about it this way. If let, Let's look at fitness. It is the fitness time of year after all. If you work on the weaker part of your fitness equation, you're going to see the results the fastest. For example, if you're a person who already works out all the time, maybe you don't have the greatest plan, maybe you don't have a coach, you don't push yourself as hard as you can, but if you've already got a pretty good handle on that spot, let's say that you're an average person and when it comes to like the workout part of fitness, you're like a B. You're not an A, you're like a B. You're not a C, you're like a B. Better than average, but still not as good as it could be. But when it comes to nutrition, you don't really understand anything. You just think to yourself, oh, healthy foods are fruit and vegetables. Not really. <laughs> there's, there's a lot more to it than that. So 
you don't work on that part. You don't work on the the uh, nutritional aspect of it. So as a result, let, let's let's say you're an F nutritionally. Then, if you want to up your fitness grade, you don't focus on the part you're good at. You don't focus on the workout part. You focus on the nutritional part. You work on that as hard as you would work on anything else ever. That way, the gap closes over time. That way, we take that, that skill that wasn't there, that nutritional skill, and we build it slowly but surely until we get to the point where that, that thing that was a weakness is now a strength. Now, you understand nutrition maybe even better than you understand exercise physiology or exercise in general. But what will happen is, since you're attacking that thing that is the weaker part, as you your skills grow up in that department, you're going to see the fastest results. When you make a small change to something, you get quick, big results. Years ago in my sensei school, I was talking to this one adult, and he ate reasonably healthy. And he was telling me what he eats on a daily basis. And I said, oh, uh, this meal here at the beginning of the day, it, it's, it's not good. It should, this is the type of meal that you're eating at the end of the day. It should be at the beginning of the day. And this thing you're eating at the beginning of the day, put that at the end of the day. Oh, okay, he says. And he goes and does that. Comes back the, two weeks later, he's down seven pounds or something crazy like that. Now, obviously, we know that's not all body fat. But still, quick reaction by working on the thing he's not as good at. It's the same in reverse. If you're really good at nutrition, but you don't work out, if you want to see fast fitness results, focus on the workout part. Focus on that, and you'll see quick results fast. Now, that brings me to the one other thing I did want to touch on before closing out today, and that is the Big Tiger Showman's event that happens this time of year, every year. Uh, and it's actually what I started the podcast talking about almost a year ago. As a matter of fact, next week's episode will be a year, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But nonetheless, the event I'm talking about is the 90-Day Challenge. For those of you guys unfamiliar with the 90-Day Challenge, go back and listen to episode one. You'll hear what the 90-Day Challenge is all about. The long story short here is you're committing to making a goal for 90 days. You're taking a before picture. You're taking an after picture. Your sensei or instructor is going to guide you nutritionally and teach you. When, not, when I say diet, I don't mean like some kind of crash thing. I mean proper nutritional education to understand what goes on in your body while you eat what you eat. By focusing on that for 90 days and putting our exercise plan together and really putting some work into it, you'll see real, real quick results. And you'll have the guidance of your instructor along the way, as well as the camaraderie with the Tiger Shulman's organization as each school does it individually, as well as the group within your own school. That's the really cool part about the 90 Day Challenge, in my opinion, is it brings together your school even more. I know how tight my student body is in my school. I know how many of the, the adults are involved in this group chat on, on social media. So I know all that goes on. But something like this 90 Day Challenge it takes it to a whole new level, which is really cool. It takes that camaraderie up a notch. And this year what's cool and different is every school is going to have their own winner. So you'll have an, it's much easier 
for now a person to win a prize in the 90-day challenge. They don't have to beat out everybody in the organization. They just have to finish top three in their school. So the odds went up dramatically. And then what's cool is the first place from each school will go on to compete against all the other first places from all the other schools. Again, I think that's pretty awesome. If you have not yet registered for the 90-day challenge, whether you're in my school or one of the others, see your instructor, get registered. There's no reason you shouldn't be doing it. Even if you're already happy with the shape that you're in, why not start out the, the year with another goal, with something you can check off your list, an accomplishment you can look back on at the end of the 90 days and say, yeah, I conquered that goal. It's an awesome feeling. Why not find it? See your instructor for details. Listen to episode one if you want more details. And for more tips and tricks and do's and don'ts, listen to episode two of the podcast and you'll hear all the stuff that I gave you guys last year about how to do the 90-day challenge that much better. Beyond that, my friends, as always, please, I need you guys to rate and review the podcast. Wherever you listen to, leave a rate and review. just helps. Secondly, make sure you subscribe so you get new episodes every Wednesday. But most importantly, share the podcast, please. I see the numbers all the time. I'm a very number-oriented person. So if you guys can help me spread the word and get it out to people that much more, I'll thoroughly appreciate it. Beyond that, guys, as always, reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore leonelli. On Facebook, I'm sensei james leonelli. You can find my school on Instagram. And Twitter, at TSMMA underscore Smithtown. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. Online, we are at tsksmithtown.com. You can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. Find the podcast on Instagram at tssmithtownpodcast. And that's all I have for you guys. So, until next time, I'll see you on the map.